Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Lee Box. Probably about a month ago, I did transition and I said, my next sermon, I'm going to speak on faithfulness. And due to the nature of the word, I kind of have to speak on faithfulness. You can't say it and not do it because that's like against the very topic. But it's something that's very dear to my heart. And Justin's been speaking over the last couple of weeks, what's in your hands and what's in your heart and being faithful with what's in your hand and what's in your heart. So I'm not going to talk about us because, um, well, A, Justin's been doing that. And B, I really feel when, when I said it, um, you know, a couple of months ago, whatever, six weeks, a month, whatever, that to speak on faithfulness it was in the context of the faithfulness of God. And I really was kind of blown away. I remember standing up here just in a moment of, God, you're so faithful. Like we don't talk about his faithfulness enough. And, and it's something that, yes, means a lot to me. Yes, I, I have a love of God's faithfulness. So it's an easy topic, but I really wanted to share it today, if that's all right. So the meaning of faithfulness, God bless this word in Jesus' name. The meaning of faithfulness, in I've written down a, a fair few words here, in Greek, Hebrew and the Bible. So I've kind of gotten... Not from the Webster's Dictionary, even though it is pretty much the same, but I've kind of done slight research here. Meaning of faithfulness, trustworthiness, honesty, truth, firmness, official obligation, certain, established, lasting, continuing, endure, to be firm, steadfast, believe, assurance, loyal, constant, resolute, firm in adherence to whatever one owes alliance, allegiance, unswerving adherence to to a personal thing or to the oath or promise by which a tie has been contracted. So we're not just talking about one of the fruits of the Spirit, which is powerful. We're not just talking about a word. That word has such depth, such meaning. It's not just simplistic, even though it is simplistic. There is a depth and layering to it that um, for us to understand for us to receive, for us to uh, grasp and understand who God is and what this actually means, faithfulness. Deuteronomy 9.7 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God, sorry, the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So God is faithful. It's actually one of his attributes. It's who he is. He cannot not be faithful because it's who he is. It is in his nature. Isaiah 25.1, I love this. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you have done marvellous things, things planned long ago. He's done marvellous things. Done marvellous things. That is our God. Things planned long ago that he is faithful to. What I find fascinating is in the Bible, the first word, and I'm not even going to try and say it, the Hebrew word for faithfulness, the first time it's used in the Bible is in Exodus. I'm going to kind of sum it up and read a few verses. Exodus chapter 12, and it's about Moses. Sorry, Exodus 17, it's verse 12. Exodus 17. And the the first part, so verse 1 to 8 let me just, yeah, verse 1 to 8 is all about, um, you'll know the story how Moses has taken the Israelites out of Egypt and they're starving of water. There's no water. And they're starving, uh, not starving, they're thirsty, dying of thirst. I don't know if your children are dying of thirst. They're dying of thirst. And they're reacting and they're acting as if God doesn't care for them. 
They're carrying on like pork chops. And they're just, so Moses has had enough. Moses is like, God, help, please. I'm sick of hearing this. Least paraphrased version. And so God says, you know, tap the rock with your staff and I'll pour water out of it and they'll be, you know, that'll quench their thirst. All good. So he does that. Then in the next verse, verse 8, the Amalekites come, Amalekites, I've said that right, come and attack the Israelites. So they're on their way to attack them. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight. Tomorrow I'll stand on top of the hill with a staff, with, sorry, with the staff of God in my hands. He's not talking there in the context of holding it on the floor like, you know, a walking stick. He's talking, I'm going to hold this staff of God in my hand. I'm going to hold it up high. I'm holding it. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took this sorry, um, they took a stone and put it under him so he could sit on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, each the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites. The word steady here is the same word as faithful. So here it's saying. I'll read it again, sorry. Verse 12. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other. So his hands remained steady till sunset. As long as Moses' hands were held up, they were winning. And Moses, I love that Moses said, here he said a couple of verses earlier, he said, Joshua, you take some men and go and fight and I'm going to hold my rod, God's rod up. I'm going to hold it up. So here he has, he has made a promise. He has made a declaration. He has said, this is my part of the bargain. This is your deal. This is my deal. This is what I'll bring to the table while you fight. So then a couple of verses later, he's holding it up, gets weary. But as long as his hands were faithfully in the air, were steady in the air, were faithful in the air, they were winning until they got the victory. And I love that the first example in the Bible of the word faithful is this story. Because the first promise in the Bible is in Genesis. And who's, who, who knows? Oh, I'll just say. Is when Jesus, they eat the apple. Sorry, God. The, Adam and Eve eat the apple and God goes to the devil. In, did I write it down? That sound a bit more educated. I shouldn't say that. How did I not write it down? Oh, no, it's on the next page. Genesis 3.15, where God says, he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. God's there talking about Jesus to the devil, saying, Jesus is going to crush your head. The first promise, Jesus is going to crush your head and you're going to bruise his heel. Because of that first promise, because of that victory of Jesus crushing the devil's head, we have victory. We have victory. It's as if Jesus, oh God, Sorry, let's go, God. It's as if God went, here's the first example of what faithfulness is. Here's the first promise and the end fulfillment. And I've just shown you the picture of faithfulness, a glimpse of what it really means. Because of my faithfulness, you have victory. Because of Moses' faithfulness, the Israelites had victory. And as I've been thinking about God's faithfulness and thinking about how it applies to our life, 
And I've been thinking about what it really means. The more I think about it, the more I meditate, that's, the more I meditate about it, the more I go, the Bible is just like one big book of faithfulness. It's one big book of the faithfulness of God. So what does the Bible say? It's easy for him to say God is faithful, but what's God faithful to? Because I can't just say I'm a faithful person. You're like, well, how's that proven? Or what do you mean you're a faithful person? What does that mean? It's got all those attributes I've read at the start. But what has God said? Because what God has said, that's what he's faithful to. What has he said? And this is really simple. It's not rocket science, really. Simple. What has he said? The Bible is full of thousands of promises. Thousands. Like I'm not just saying a handful. Thousands of promises the Bible is full of. And I wrote this down because the wording was so good and it's rare for, for that to happen. Those promises are waiting for us to claim them. God's promises remind us of his faithfulness. They remind us of his faithfulness. The whole Bible is full of promises. And yeah, you can see his promises outworked in the people in the Bible. When God says he's going to do someone something like uh, si- simple, let's go um, Daniel and the lion's den. When God says he's going to look after Daniel, he was faithful to that. No lions ate him and he came out unharmed. So we can see God's faithfulness throughout the Bible. A, his promises. B, he's shown that he's faithful through that. But we need to experience that for ourselves. We need to experience God's faithfulness in our lives. We need to experience this faithfulness. I need a rod. I should have brought a rod. This faithfulness in our lives. This victory in our lives. So as I was thinking about his promises, there was one promise I really wanted to share this morning. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to just do an open up, you know, a good open flick and go, God, reveal some promises that I really feel to share this morning, that you want me to share this morning. And I read through a whole lot of promises and I chose 10, but I probably won't have time to go through them all. So we'll, you know, go through as many as we can. But I chose X amount of promises that at the time I thought, yep, God, you're on this. I don't know why, but you're on this promise. Out of the thousands, these are the ones that I feel you want me to share. And then from that 10, I then prayed because talking to God is the best thing you can do. So I prayed. And then in each example, I didn't go after finding a promise because I had a story or an example I found a promise, then God said, remember this time in your life. Remember this time in your life. Remember this time. And I sat there absolutely amazed at God's faithfulness out of these 10 that I didn't even go hunting for except one. So as I speak, you have full permission to get your phone out, to get pen and paper out. And as I share, allow God, Holy Spirit, to bring to remembrance times that he's been faithful in your life, times that he's shown up. Because I know I harp on this a lot, but it is so important that we are people who remember what he's done. We need to remember what he's done in our life. We need to remember. Like, we need to remember. Isaiah 40, 29 He gives strength to the weary 
and increases the power of the weak. This is a promise of God. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. He gives strength to the weary. Last week, no, the last couple of weeks, Justin and I have been running at full steam ahead. With the launch next week, we are in overdrive and we haven't put in much rest time. You can tell me off later, fully aware. My personality leans towards overdrive, but I'm learning to put rest in. We're working tomorrow. It's okay. Enjoy your day off. We're having it next week. So the last week was pretty full on. We're selling. So it just church front name launch, home front selling house, work front promotion, kids front, they're growing and developing and new challenges every day. Marriage front, we need to have more time. So all across board, Lee's weary. Lee's tired. Lee wants a holiday but very grateful and loved my life. And so Wednesday came and I was going to come to school in the morning and Justin was going to come to school at night time. Jude had his his immunisations in the morning, got quite sick, got a fever, so I couldn't come in the morning, took him home for rest. Played, not played mum, I was mum. (laughs) Played mum. So then come night time, Justin comes home from a full day work. And you've got to picture, so not only has he got the home, has he got all the other elements, but we are renovating. As you can see, how nice is the church starting to look when you walk in, the new paint colour. So when you've got a budget, which I'm sure people in here will understand, when you've got a budget, you've got to stick to a budget. And when you've got a landscape gardener with a budget, he wants more money for more trees. Do you know how expensive trees are? And he's got a budget. So he's calling every nursery possible to negotiate the best prices possible so we get the most plants possible. Priorities right there, pastor's life. So all cylinders are going. He comes home Wednesday after I know a full-on day. To which case we talk about school Wednesday night. Both of us exhausted. Both of us weary. Both of us needing rest. One of us can come. And you start to go, I want to go to bed at 7pm when the kids go to bed. (laughs) That might sound early. Trust me, that's a dream. (laughs) But only one of us can do the 7pm bedtime because one of us comes up here for school. To which case the logic is Justin's speaking in school next week. So if this happens again, he has to go to school. I can't. So I guess it's my turn. Not saying we don't want to. Hear my heart. Of course we want to be here. But when you're weary and tired, sometimes that's all you can hear. So I came up to school. Tired, weary, wanting to be in bed. Maybe slightly bad mood. Slight. I sat down in school and I tell you what, I left this place more energised, more excited, more full of everything, strength, than I think I've experienced in weeks. God's promise was displayed Wednesday night in my life. 
Does that mean we make bad decisions and push ourselves too far and not put in rest days and just say, God will give me strength? No. Of course we need to look after ourselves. But it also means God knows our life. He knows what's around the corner. He knows our circumstances. And he has grace because a promise is there for us to walk in. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I had coffee yesterday with Melanie. And we're talking and I was saying, I I just go. In the context of God, I just go. I just keep going. I don't stop until God says stop. Or God says that door's closed or that direction we're we're tweaking. I don't sit waiting for God to say, Lee, get up and go here. My feet are walking. I'm constantly moving because I figure God's spoken to me. So with work, for instance, real estate, God has said, I've put you here. So I'm in that job. Sometimes don't want to be, but I'm there because God's put me there. And the moment, and I know that time's coming, but the moment God says, okay, stop, that's when I stop and I move. Why? Because God has gone before me. He's around me. He's with me. I don't have to be discouraged. I don't have to be concerned because he is guiding my path. Same with you. If you're not currently moving, get up. Start walking. You go, I don't know what God wants me to do. What's in your hand and what's in your heart? He has gone before you. He is around you. He is with you. He's not going to lead you down the wrong path. What's in your hand? I don't know what's in my hand, my heart. Okay, let's go real basic. What's your job? What's your family? What's your friends? Be God to them. Show them, I love it, leak, overflow, overflow over onto their lives. Minister to them. And then as you're moving, see what doors God closes, what doors he opens, what directions he makes a little tweak in. Because he's gone before you. He's with you. He's not going to lead you down the wrong path. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things and at all times, listen, all things, all times, not sometimes, we're not to be a blessing sometimes, all things, all times, because he has blessed you. This is a promise. He has blessed you. Don't just think bank account. He has blessed you. Having all that you need. You will, be, you will abound in every good work. He has blessed you so you at all times can be a blessing to all people. When we had children, Justin and I were very passionate about teaching our kids it's not just about them. So we have a little girl, um, compassion child, the same birthday as Bella, And we have a little boy, compassion child, the same birthday as Jude. That was a conscious decision. They're both from, they're both from, um, oh crikey, they're both from the same area, Haiti. They're both from Haiti because we planned to visit them one day. So we made sure we got the two kids in the same area, Bella and Jude's age, so one day when they're older, we can take them over. Very deliberate, blessing it. We want our kids to know when we celebrate them, 
we get to be a blessing and celebrate others. Practical, not complicated. I'm not saying go do the same. But for your life, what can you do to think outside the box of who you can bless, who you can be in touch with, who you can help? I love making meals for people. Whenever I get a message from someone, someone's, you know, had a baby or someone's going through some health, I'll put my hand up, let me make a meal and I'll drop it off. It's little, but I can bless someone practically. Why? Because I have more than enough because God has blessed my life so that I can do it. Receiving, on the other hand, is a bit of a different story. And I'm learning. Last week, John Larda in the car park said, Lee, do you need a hand? I said, no, no, I'm fine. I actually have to apologise. I went home, I said, why did I say, no, I'm fine? Of course someone can give me a hand. Of course I could have said, yeah, John, can you carry this bag for me? It's sometimes harder to receive from people, but that's part of how God works. A couple of months ago, I was going through another busy spell. I don't know what's with my busy spells. And I had a friend say, Lee, can I send some Uber Eats dinner over for you? And I said, no, I actually don't need food. My freezer is full of pre-cooked meals and meat. I am fine with meals. So then they said, can I send some money to pay a babysitter for you? Whoa. I almost cried. Because the greatest gift to my children... I don't know if that's biblical, but I'm saying it. And to keep them safe and well looked after when I'm going through a busy time, oh, it breaks my heart when I'm busy and neglecting them because I'm on the phone and they're crying. So someone having paying for a, someone I trust to look after my children so I can be busy, get all my lists done and get to come home and enjoy my children, oh, it was the greatest gift I think I've ever received in a long time. Simple and practical for one person meant the world to me. Church, be a blessing. Practical and spiritual, be a blessing. John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have, oh crikey, I'm running out of time, sorry, but will have the light of life. I'm going to premise before I talk about this, I'm not talking about depression, anxiety, mental health. I'm not talking about that. Of course, I believe God can heal that. Of course, I believe God can set people like it can be broken. But I'm also saying don't stop your medication if you're on it. I'm talking about spiritual darkness here. I'm talking about darkness We as Christians should never walk in darkness. We should never say, I'm going through a dark season, a dark day, a dark week, a dark month. It's not a promise. God's promise is, I am light, therefore you walk in light. We may not know what's in the future. That's different to darkness. In the future, we walk in trust for the future. That's fine. But walking in a cloud of darkness, that's not okay. Because God is light and he's in here. I remember when I first got my car, my driver's licence, I had three accidents in the course of six months. I haven't had an accident since, so it's okay. 
But I had three accidents in the course of six months. First one, I was fine. Second one, I was a bit, eh. Third one, I went into darkness. I didn't get out of bed for days. And then after a couple of days of getting out of bed, I remember this vividly. I go upstairs to my dad. I'm glad he's not here. I go upstairs to my dad and say, Dad, Mum had Dad's car. Mum's car was in the garage. I said, I need to go to the shops. Can I borrow Mum's car? Dad said, no, you can catch the train. That put me back in my room (laughs) for a couple more days. (laughs) Probably wisdom on his part, (laughs) but not great in here. Until I just, after a couple of days of living in just, not just woe is me, but just this, I can't get past this. And I understand this is my personality, but this is also God. After a few days, it was probably about four days, I said, Lee, what are you doing? This isn't who you are. This isn't who God made you to be. Get up, get out, get on with it. Now, I'm not saying we don't, Uh, allow God to process with us. I'm not saying we don't go through heartache or disappointment or concern or shattering of confidence. But I am saying don't let darkness hold us back and in a realm where we don't see light and freedom. Sometimes we may need someone to come alongside us and help. So ask for help. Newsflash, we're not mind readers. Ask for help. I don't know what's going on unless you tell me. The person next to you doesn't know what's going on unless you tell them. And even then, I remember speaking to Justin Stockman. And I remember saying to Justin, I've told this person, you know, A, B, C, D, D. And he said, how many times do you tell them? I said, one. He goes, it takes up to seven times for someone to fully understand what you're saying. Up to seven times. I'm like, crikey, I've got to have six more conversations. <laughs> so don't say I need help once. Realise no one's helping you and go, well, no one cares about me. Because if we knew, we, I'm going to say I, I'll speak on behalf of me. If I knew what was really going on, I would help. So I may not have understood or misheard. So don't think no one cares. As a church, we care. Your friends and family care. Let's just learn to continue to communicate. John 14, 27. I'm going to slip. Look, just write that verse, look it up. It's brilliant. It's a great promise. James 1, 5. This one, I'm going to do this one. If my, uh, sorry, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Oh, so simple. I read this verse when I was probably 15 or 16 and went, oh, I can do this. Now I'm going to blow my own toot here. I feel that I'm quite wise. I'm going to blow my own horn, I think the saying is. (laughs) Ah, jeepers. I feel I'm actually quite wise. I walk in wisdom. Like, I'm not perfect. I will never, I'm I'm not perfect. But I actually get so many God ideas, it's, it's amazing to problem solve and get out of situations. 
Why? Because at a young age, I've asked for wisdom and I've continued to ask for wisdom. I don't have to do anything. The promise isn't, isn't if you do ABC, you'll get wisdom. The promise is if you ask, I'll give you wisdom. If you're not asking God for wisdom, you're silly. Ask for wisdom because he will give it to you. And don't ask when you're in, oh, I can't figure this out. Just ask. Learn to ask in your day-to-day life when you're talking with him, when you're praying with him. Ask God, I pray for wisdom. I pray that I will grow in wisdom. Wisdom is underrated. Psalm 37 verse 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I remember my parents. Mum used to walk along the beach. She never once prayed for a house on the beach. It was a desire in her heart and a miracle happened and they got a house on the beach. They don't have any more. But when I was 16, we moved beachfront Chelsea. And that was a miracle, like an absolute God miracle. Not one prayer, a desire of the heart. Now let's come to, sometimes it takes a while. Who knows that? I had to do my math. I'm 36. It's bad when you have to calculate the year you were born to know how old you are. I'm 36. I thought I was 35, so that was a bit of a depressing morning. (laughs) Oh, man. 36. From a young age, I've always wanted close friends. I think everyone does. Friendships are great, but a close friend. Up until recently, I've never had close friends. I've had great friends, but not close friends. Like I'm talking about the type of friend that messages me, hey, Lee, what's three things I can pray for you about? Not for the church, not for your family, you. Three things. A close friend, hey, Lee, how can I help? Hey, Lee, What's going on? (laughs) Hey, Lee, let's go out for dinner. Where it's not just me. I am a acts of service love language. So I like to do and I like to help and I like to initiate. But when you've got that personality, you can sometimes feel my friends are only there because I'm the one that instigates it. It makes a world of difference when someone instigates it back. I've waited 34 years for this. My heart desire was to have close friends. I've had brilliant friends in my life, but I now have close friends. Don't lose hope in your desires. Don't get discouraged in your, this is a desire God, because he is faithful. (laughs) And Psalm 37 says, he will give you the desires of your heart. John 8.36. I was a bit upset that God told me this one. If the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Amazing promise. Amazing. Phenomenal promise. And I'd like to say here's Lee's breakthrough and victory in it. But the reality is, I'm actually not walking in the fullness of that promise. 
because there's areas in my life that if I was to be completely honest with you, I know I'm not being completely free in it. How my life looks like I love my life. I hope you love, I love my life. I hope you love your life. It'd suck if you didn't, so change if you don't. But freedom, for me, looks like not caring what people think, which on certain aspects of my life, I don't. But on certain aspects of my life, I know when I go to Safeway and I want to pray for someone, I know I'm caring what people think in that moment. And I don't want to. And God promises, who the sun sets free, he set me free, that I will live in freedom. And I'm not at its fullest at the moment. So I feel God wanted me to share this verse as it's okay if we're not there yet, as long as we recognise, keep going. Because it's a promise that he's given us, we just need to walk it out. Yeah. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope. No, I'm going to leave that one. Look that one up. It's brilliant. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is my number 10. God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It just starts with God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted slash tested. That word means both tempted and tested. So some versions say tested, some versions say tempted. The original word means both. Beyond what you can bear. He will not let you be tested beyond what you can bear. For those of you who've been in our church for a very long time would know about nine years ago I went through a pretty uh, hard season. And at that time I moved back home with mum and dad. Like when I say hard season, I mean shattering season, which I'm sure people in here have been through shattering seasons. So I moved back home with mum and dad. I didn't, I, I quit my job, a whole lot of stuff. And mum and dad, I, I believe not that we ever discussed it, their goal each day was to make sure Lee leaves the house to do at least one thing. So we'd often go for walks because I love walking. But it was school holidays and mum had organised for me to take my sister Lauren and her her friend Bridget, both with Down syndrome, to the movies. Toy Story 3 had just come out. So I agreed to taking them to the movies. At the time, I don't know why. Looking back, I still don't know why, but God was obviously in it. So Lauren gets in the car. Now, you've got to understand my brain is not functioning. I am in a shattering season. I'm just getting past day by day. So I'm not thinking school holidays, Toy Story 3's just come out, what the cinemas is going to look like. I'm not thinking about that. I'm just thinking movie starts at 11, takes 10 minutes to get there, we'll leave at 10.40. Yeah. So I get in the car with Lauren, we're meeting her best friend Bridget and Bridget's mum was dropping her off at Frankston Movies, now Hoyt's. 
get in the car and he's bucketing down rain. Again, didn't think through. Lauren is beautiful, but probably one of the slowest moving human beings I know. Love her to pieces. But if you say quick, it just ends in slower movement. So we get in the car and as we drive up, I'm thinking, okay, Frankston Cinemas, there's like a couple of levels of undercar, like a car park that's um, covered. You know, stacked car park is covered. So we get there, we get to the roundabout to turn the car park, there's a big A-frame sign, car park full. And in that moment, I sat there and I said, okay, God, and I pulled out this verse. I said, God... I'm there. I am literally there. You promise you're not going to put anything that I cannot, that you're not going to test us more than what we can. I'm there. So I have to go straight at the roundabout, bucketing rain, movie starting in 10 minutes, probably not, probably seven at this point. Mayhem everywhere in Frankston. It's like everyone came out. And I drove up where the second roundabout is, I do a UE because there's no car park that way. And, and as I'm coming back, I say, God, I'm saying this, God, I'm there. As we come back to the roundabout, I'm there, a person comes, moves that sign, lets me in and puts the sign back. I'm the only car that enters into that car park. Then I go up the escalators, because it's escalators at Frankston, And I'm going up the escalators, to which case it's like everyone in Frankston is at the cinemas. You know when you get there and the queue is just back. And I'm standing there having a panic attack because it's like five minutes till the movie starts. We don't have our tickets yet. There's people everywhere. And as I look up, I see Bridget and Margaret at the front of the line get called up as we walk straight to her. She buys both tickets. Then I've got the tickets. We say bye to Margaret. Movie start in a couple of minutes. And as I'm walking, I'm not thinking. You've got to stand. Logic makes sense, but not thinking at the time. As I'm walking up, there is probably 100 people lining up to enter the cinemas. It doesn't occur to me. They're all children. They're going to see the same movie. I just walk up with my tickets with my two girls and we're going in. So as I walk up, literally three seconds before I give her the tickets, they open up this line. They start giving tickets. I give them my tickets. I walk straight in. No lining up. And I didn't do it to try and get to the front of the queue. I just didn't think that that was the queue. And at Frankston, it's not ticketed seats. It's a free-for-all. Back then it was. So I go with my two girls who like to walk slow. We go get seats middle three-quarters back. We watch the movie and it is perfect. And I just think in that moment, the reason why at that time, and I wrote it down in my journal, that God is so faithful. And I remember, I've still got my journal. I wrote it down. This was probably potentially one of the hardest days. I was at my end, but God was so faithful to make it so easy. His faithfulness is guaranteed. We as a church, yeah, Tash, can you jump up? We as a church, I want to challenge all of us There are thousands of promises in the Bible. Thousands of promises in the Bible. Get in there. Read them. Learn them. Apply them. 
put them in our life. Carry them and live them. And ones, like I said before, I'm not completely free, not because I haven't got the promise, because I haven't walked it out in my life. I am not walking it out currently. Ones that we don't fully have, hold on to it. Meditate on it. Allow God to help us receive the full benefit of that promise. The last one I want to share, Philippians 1.16. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I wanted to end with this promise. Because next Sunday we're changing our church name. God started this church. He built this church. At the time, it was Harvest Christian Life Centre. And God began a work in this church. And next Sunday is going to be a significant moment for us as a church. And the repercussions of that moment, we won't fully grasp until down the track. But I want to encourage us with this. He who began the work here, he who began the work in Harvest Christian Life Centre, Destiny Church and now Echo Church, will complete it, will continue it, will continue growing it until the day Jesus Christ comes. And that for us, we get to be excited about and get to rejoice in and get to work together and get to partner and build together. Why? Because God promised He's going to complete the work. This here is not all God has for Echo Church. This here is beautiful and exciting, but this isn't the end. There is so much more. There is so much more for us as individuals for us as individual people, but there is so much more for us as a body of believers. So many more souls to see saved. So many more miracles and healings and signs and wonders and breakthrough. And now let's bring it down. So many more marriages restored, babies being born. promises there is more so we get to walk in that because he's faithful he's so faithful to what he said and I asked Tash to sing as we close And then Justin will do offering and announcements. But as I was preparing this, I really felt God say, Lee, if there's people in here who actually don't believe I'm faithful, this is going to be hard for them to walk it out. So I really wanted to allow a moment of vulnerability and a moment of God to come because the reality is I don't know everyone's story. I don't know everyone's background. I don't know everyone's whole life. God does, I don't. 
I see sometimes when we've been so let down by people, it's hard to believe God is faithful. And I really felt like this morning He wanted to come and see breakthrough and He wanted to come and minister to people who struggle in this area. So I'm actually going to ask for everyone to close their eyes. Just talk with God for a minute and say, God, do I fully believe you're faithful in what you're going to say? Because it's when you've believed for something and it hasn't turned out, when you go, God, I held on to that promise, but I didn't see it fulfilled. Sometimes we start to doubt, but our circumstances and cannot dictate who He is. So while everyone's eyes closed, just pray and go, God, do I fully understand your faithfulness in my life? And if you're sitting here and you're going, I'm not there. I want to pray for you this morning. I'm not going to pull you out the front. I just want to pray for you where you're seated. Because this is something that I, this is a conviction that I'm unshakable in. So I want to release grace this morning so that you have that. And then Tash is just going to sing as we allow God to minister. So if that's you here today, while every eye's closed, do you just want to say, hey, Lee, can you just pray for me this morning? Yeah, I'm struggling in God's faithfulness. I'm struggling to receive the extent of His faithfulness, to believe that He is faithful to what He's going to say, to what He said. Is there anyone else in here that you're saying, Lee, just pray for me this morning? So God, I thank you so much that you are faithful. That you are so faithful. That it's who you are. It is who you are. And I pray God for a, a breakthrough in revelation for our church in your faithfulness. Jesus' name. May we understand how faithful you are, unswerving, unchangeable, trustworthy to what you say. In Jesus' name.